Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Green Wisdom Health Show. I'm Janet Lewis. And I'm Dr. Lewis. And back again to bring you an exciting show about nutritional myths in the media. So many things out there that you guys are hearing every week, and we are as well, and we just shake our heads and go, oh no, 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 no. So Dr. Lewis is going to clear a lot of those up today about things that you probably are eating or not eating thinking that you are doing something healthy. And we also have some uh, questions at the end and some commentary from some of the clients we have. Uh, So we're going to answer those as well. So Dr. Lewis, can you start today by educating us a little bit about what we're going to talk about, about nutritional myths? I'm always talking about that. And I, I, I love to watch the scrolling on Good Morning America, although we can't stand to listen to that negative crap too long. Um, but, you know, it'll say this, 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 and I'm thinking, oh, God, I need to start a show that's called Rumor Has It, and we've kind of done that a time or two before. The problem is you're just getting fed what people want you to hear and not enough for you to think for yourself. And I want, that's why I tell people always listen with a discerning spirit. And even with me, I'm doing the best I can to tell the truth and to, you know, look past the lies or the deletions or distortions, but you still need to even listen to me with a discerning spirit. Uh, There's so many people that were so grateful. It's, it's incredible. You know, that's the reason we've kind of been not doing a podcast. We've been growing too blooming much, and then we took off to celebrate a an anniversary. So she's still putting up with me. And and the reason she puts up with me, I'll never know, because, you know, she called it, you know, medical mess in the media. I wanted to call it something else, but uh, she wouldn't let me. I got vetoed. Uh, let's Let's get started here. Let me just start at the back. I I make about two or three hours worth of notes for every 30-minute podcast. So the back of it, I was going to talk about diverticulitis. And it's like, and that's because I have it. And I never knew I would have had it. I'd had gut problems, you know, all my life. And they're definitely way, way, way better because of what we do. But one of the lies you'll hear about uh, diverticulitis is you shouldn't eat popcorn, nuts, and seeds even though Janet kind of feeds me popcorn judiciously. Uh, the thing I kind of realized, I like nuts. Nuts are good for you. And some of these lies that you hear are based on one bad, poorly done research study. And Anybody out there that's married knows that when you're telling a story or you're hearing a story from your spouse, there's always a certain amount of information that gets distorted or deleted and that's true of all of us so please understand when you're hearing all this somebody's deleting information distorting information so the research on for diverticulitis which they just happened to find when they're doing a coronary calcium score and i think everybody over 40 or 50 should get a coronary calcium score it's pretty inexpensive and they can you know the medical profession does a lot of incredible diagnostics but there was one really, really big, well-done research study about diverticulitis that shot that lie in the head years ago, and it was published by the Journal of the American Medical Association. But still, even you have doctors that repeat, don't eat nuts or seeds or popcorn, 
And this study was a big one. It included like thousands of participants, and it showed without any with no without any doubt that uh, seeds, nuts, and popcorns are not the list of problem foods. You need, you know, if you have that little pocket in your colon, I think probiotics, and Janet knows how to get me well in very, very quick order compared to what it used to be. But it's not popcorn, nuts, and seeds that does it. You know what I take? I take something called Glutashield. I also take stuff like olive leaf and janet was giving me cat's cat's claw on our uh, little anniversary thing because my tummy was upset but in the gluta shield what that does it it has uh n-acetyl glucosamine it has dgl deglycerized licorice root extract that's really really important it has aloe vera leaf gel extract which is i think very important and I don't know, I, I tell you, I get a scoop of that every day, but Janet would probably tell me I don't know what I get because she makes the drink. She probably does more than that. I don't know. I've, I've learned just to take it. And I had a patient yesterday who says, geez, doc, you trust her? She could be putting arsenic in your drink. And I said, well, she's not very good at it because I'm still alive. So do the Gluta Shield. Uh, the other one that's imperative that he forgets about sometimes is SBI Protect. Yeah, I forget about it. That one's been a game changer for a lot of people for gut problems. Helps, and helps. You can't, you can't make a claim about a, a nutritional subject, uh, but it'll fix leaky gut. And it's used as a medical food, except that ours sells for just a small, small fraction versus what the medical profession sells it for. We mean it will support leaky gut. <laughs> it'll it'll support closing up leaky gut. You know, you can't make a claim because the FDA says this and this and this. Uh, so, you know, diverticulitis. Awesome. And the other thing is massive amounts of probiotics. We have some really, really big ones. Janet carries a bunch of them in the RV in different types. And I don't know, there was a question that was going to go into probiotics. Where, where was that question, Janet? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there's there's this lady. Her name is Kelly. And uh, she is so sweet to me on shooting straight with Dr. Lewis that it makes me want to work harder for her just because she's super, super sweet. Thank you, Kelly. She said she was waiting on a functional medicine doc, and is it okay to take probiotics now? Well, yes. In, in, in the subject of diverticulitis, yes, you sh- and anything, yes, you need probiotics. I don't care who you are. You need it. And people say, well, don't they colonize in there because it has so many billion CFUs, which stands for colony-forming units. No, you can't stop taking it because you've got genetically modified foods, which we may get around to talking about today. So there's so many probiotics like the lactobacillus acidophilus that's one of the better known ones uh, it's been proven to be effective in reducing duration and acute in acute diarrhea in children but it's great for uh, vaginal health uh, it uh, reduces cholesterol uh, then you've got lactobacillus brevis which it does all kinds of things but it helps uh, decrease uh, cytokines decrease inflammation so it causes the activation of natural killer cells and that's lactobacillus brevis there's a lot of different ones um, lactobacillus bulgarius uh, streptococcus thermophilus i'm gonna get to that one in a little bit i hope 
uh, actually, I'm going to talk more about the salvarius, but there's all kinds of different species. There's cousins, and you have to understand it's like a family reunion. While all of them make up a really good family unit, some of them are more important and shinier than others, depending on the condition that you want your body to be able to look into and heal. I think it was 1906 or 1908, the Nobel Prize was won about probiotics, but we're still not practicing probiotics. Um, Yeah, they're super, super important. They help reduce stress and anxiety. This is going to be the new thing you're going to listen to. Uh, There's going to be more and more, even in the medical field, use of probiotics in uh, weight loss, you're going to hear it with psychiatric conditions, stress, anxiety, and depression. And Janet and I were talking to an emergency room physician the other day, and he says, well, I put all of my people, he, he has like three weight loss clinics, and uh, he said, I put all my people on probiotics, and I'm going to put them on some uh, prebiotics. And I said, well, you've got to have digestive enzymes. He said, great, let's put them all in a pill. It's like, no, they take up too much real estate. You can't get it all in one pill unless you could swallow a pill big as a baseball. So, yes, 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 always do probiotics. Don't trust most of the brands on the market because there is an ex-FDA special investigator that, according to his investigation, says a very large percentage of them aren't what they say they are and or they're dead and so you know trust the person you're getting them from please it's it's very important and i bet i'll get back to the probiotics in a minute because i've got a uh, question about that right well we also want to make sure we address the myths about uh, nutrition as well and one of the questions that came up was uh is saturated i'm sorry is saturated fat i love them bad for you no no Cut it off your pork chop and give it to me. Well, that's what we've been told is saturated fat is bad for you. So um, can you tell us why it's not? Well, again, some of the research is done. It's cherry picked, in which I won't get too deep into that. Like, well, in, in a lot of the research, they cherry pick it and they throw away the studies that prove against what they want to accomplish there. So don't always trust studies. Uh, saturated fats and dietary cholesterol basically have, this is the myth, the myth is they basically have no beneficial role in preventing chronic disease and are not required in any level in the diet. Hey, the lower your cholesterol goes, the sicker you are because you can't repair your brain, you can't repair your nervous system, you can't make your hormones, you need cholesterol, cholesterol's not bad. And for people saying cholesterol's bad because you have plaque arteries and it's plaqued with cholesterol, therefore cholesterol's bad, it's like, no, 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 it's the inflammation and the homocysteine and the C-reactive protein and the low uh, RBC magnesium. So it's not cholesterol. Thinking cholesterol causes heart disease is just as stupid. And I'm sorry, Janet tells me I shouldn't use that word. But it's just as stupid as thinking red trucks and firemen cause fires because every time there's a fire, you see red trucks and firemen. They don't cause fires. And neither does cholesterol cause uh, plaquing unless there's underlying factors. So it's really not saturated fats as much as it is hydrogenated and partially hydrogenated oils. That's, and, and, you know, I read a study the other day that said the most nutritious thing on the planet, and again, they're promoting their ideas, but the most nutritious thing on the planet is pork fat. 
Uh, pork's probably not the cleanest thing, but uh, we eat them if they're wild because they don't get out there and eat all that GMO stuff. So uh, when you say a saturated fat, what kind of good, what is a good saturated fat for people? Well, you can get it off of plants and you can get it off of animals. I'm a big, you know, I love eating animals. Um, Coconut oil? Coconut oil is good. Avocado oil, uh, grapeseed oil. We use pecan oil, walnut oil. Olive oil, if you can get it and make sure it's not fake. They're bad about faking olive oil and, you know, putting uh, rapeseed oil in it, canola oil, and safflower oil. Those you should avoid. Cottonseed oil, you should avoid. Peanut oil, yeah, the jury's out. I've read a lot of technical stuff on peanut oil, but it's a blooming many pesticides. So even when you're eating the animal fat, it's not bad for you, but it's much, much, much healthier if you get it from a free-range chicken, pig, or cow, sheep, you know, that kind of thing. Because there are estrogenic substances given to much of our meat, like growth hormones. And estrogenic, that's why little girls develop their secondary sexual characteristics years before they should. And that's why little boys are much more feminine than they used to be, is because of the exogenous hormones. So avoid the nasty meat. Go to your local farmer. Make sure he's not spraying that junk on his pasture and it's a grass-fed beef, etc., or a free-range chicken. Okay, what about the next myth of the keto diet is dangerous? There's some people out there saying that going into ketosis is really bad for you and you should not be doing that. It's funny, I write the notes and Janet brings this up. I knew nothing about it. So here I am, sideswiped. I was taught in chiropractic college that ketosis was a bad thing. BS, that stands for bacon sandwich because I love bacon. It is not bad for you. And when you have neurodegenerative diseases, a good neurologist will put you on a ketogenic diet. And all of a sudden, holy cow, especially in uh, seizures, your brain starts working better. Your body can burn fat or it can burn glucose. So it's better off if you're in ketosis. It is not dangerous for you. I like I prefer keto over paleo, although paleo is wonderful. But And I, yeah, sometimes people have a little bit too much protein, which is one of the questions we have too. So we'll get to that. So maybe try keto for 30 days and see how you do. Yeah, I've seen a few people that couldn't do keto, but most of them do. And I tell people, well, Drew Manning's the the keto god. Go to, you know, go see him or just get a book. There's dozens and dozens of them out there. I'm more of a, hey, get a book and do it yourself kind of guy rather than follow instructions. I don't like rules. We would have never known that. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) How about buying organic? We've heard that it's just not really worth the cost. The media will tell you just this, there's no difference between buying organic and buying regular stuff at the grocery store. Yes, it's worth it. And you cannot totally be healthy just with food because even organic, uh, it's grown on minerally depleted soil. It's been minerally depleted for 100 years or so. But you're not getting the pesticides or the same amount of pesticides. And you do have better nutrient content because organic farmers generally have a tendency to rebuild the soil and put things back in it where it remineralizes. The yard people this morning told me, your grass is so green. That's my Spanish accent. So Sorry, that stunk. But I said, yeah, I put a lawn product on it as a mite. 
and it's uh, some kind of rock dust out of Utah. So I'm putting more minerals back in my soil, and they can't believe how good my yard grows. As they want to kill the weeds out front with glyphosate. So. Well, and, and out back, I said, no, I don't want you spraying Roundup because that stuff sucks. And, oh, 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 let me talk, let me talk about uh, bad research. You know how there's this uh, study and, you know, there's this button heads about Monsanto and Monsanto saying, no, this glyphosate's healthy. Did you know these researchers know exactly how many days it takes a rat to develop cancer? And so they quit giving the rat glyphosate just a few days before the rat has a chance to develop cancer. Therefore, they conclude glyphosate does not cause cancer. They skew the statistics. And the other thing is rats make their own vitamin C where a human has to get it from outside. So when they say, oh, Roundup doesn't cause cancer, bull, 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 bull. And so here's what I was dealing with this morning. I said, I'm not having you spray Roundup back here because I'm more concerned about my dog's health. I don't want my dog. And the guy says, he kind of looked like a meth head, but uh, he he says, I'm not, it, it's not Roundup. It's safe. I spray it all over the place. I said, great. Let me look at the label. Looked at the label. It's 41% glyphosate. Folks, that's a heavy duty high percentage of glyphosate. So you need to ditch that stuff. Janet's laughing like I said something improper. So I apologize, honey. Well, you, he might have been sniffing that stuff so long is the reason that he looked that way. There's no telling what that stuff does to people when they're around it all day long. Yeah, you know what? I said, well, it causes cancer. He said, well, everything causes cancer. I say, don't worry about it. And he took a long drag off his cigarette. It's like, yeah, okay. We all have our battles to fight. Okay, so that myth debunked. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Okay, how about eggs are unhealthy? You know, they were healthy, now they're unhealthy. Don't eat an egg. Yeah, you hear all kinds of things. Butter's bad for you, butter's good for you. Eggs are good for you, eggs are bad for you. Now eggs are good for you. Number one, get it organic, cage-free, free-range as much as you can. And it's worth it. In the, It greatly increases the nutrient content in an organic free-range egg versus you know, the other ones, but eggs are good for you. So just because, and I, and I know the answer to this, but I have to say it. So don't eat the yolk. You know, that's what we always hear and hear is like, well, as long as I leave the yolk alone, then it's okay, right? That's where all the nutrients are and it's full of choline and that's the one that rebuilds your brain. So people are just doing the egg whites. They ain't got a brain. It's not, they're not feeding their brain. I'm sorry. I'm, I don't mean to insult anybody, but Geez, quit believing all this bull that you hear out there. Think for yourself. God did give you a discerning spirit where you can detect good, bad, and indifferent. Some people don't like my little smart aleck cowboy-ish delivery. Great. There's people that are very slow, excellent professionals that will do a good job also. And some people do like me because they say, I got this on shooting straight the other day. Well, you're, you're not like a regular doctor, and I said, are you giving me, are you saying I'm irregular? And Kelly says, well, yeah, but in that context, it was a good thing. Love talking to you, Kelly. Thank you. All right. Our other myth is too much protein is hard on the kidneys and liver. Is that true or false? It depends upon the person. Yeah, it, it's it's false but yeah it's true in a lot of people and okay that's one of the questions that i got on shooting straight from nancy mm-hmm. 
she said she was told that her body doesn't process protein, her insulin levels are high, and then she started with the autoimmune paleo lifestyle. Do I have any suggestions? I hear this about protein, and that's why I really don't specially lean toward paleo, even though it's way, way good diet, unless a person has their lab done. Because most people, or many, many people, I think the majority, do not have the ability to break down the protein. If you can break it down, then it's fine. And that's an interesting fact that you said there, because actually the senior population that is at at an increased risk for osteoporosis, falls and broken bones are particularly in need of high quality animal protein. So their poor absorption is probably a big part of why they say it's hard on the kidneys. And their antacids that these old people are taking are stopping what little digestion they had. So if you have acid reflux, it's probably not too much acid, and we can help with that too. So So basically digestive enzymes like the orthodigestzyme that helps break down protein. Absolutely, in a big way. Right, would be the answer. So that's not really a a true statement. Now, people that have kidney problems, yes, you have to watch the protein. Yeah, absolutely. But if you've not been diagnosed with a kidney problem, you're probably just missing digestive enzymes. So don't watch the protein if you have a kidney problem. Quit it. Right. Uh, you know, if your EGFR is too low. Um, so here's our next question. All fish is healthy because we've heard, well, if you're not supposed to be eating much protein, then I'll just eat fish because it's not so bad so eating all fish is good for you right that's another thing and we did a podcast on some of the food lies but uh, no all fish is not healthy tilapia is probably one of the nastiest things you can put in your mouth any fish that's farmed you know they're feeding it genetically modified oh oh well this is the south we eat a lot of catfish down here much to the (laughs) horror of our northern friends I wouldn't eat a nasty catfish. Well, you eat carp, so they're bottom feeders too. But they feed them catfish chow. Well, if you look and see what catfish chow is, it's like, well, you wouldn't put that in your grandkids. Why are you putting it in your fish and then feeding it to your grandkid? If it's wild caught, it's better. And there's a certain amount of mercury in in some lakes and rivers that you need to avoid because we've really polluted the planet. That's interesting you say that because eating tilapia is actually worse than eating bacon. There ain't nothing wrong with bacon, so don't don't even go there. Well, Uh and then there's fish that you should never eat because exactly what you said, the mercury poisoning. This is funny watching Janet because she's reading from some notes. I don't have a clue where she got them, so we're seeing if I'm being sideswiped here. Because I'm brilliant. Brilliant and beautiful, yeah. But there's, like you said, major (laughs) sustainability problems. Yep. Uh, the fish you should never eat include the tilapia, like we talked about, Atlantic cod, Atlantic flatfish, caviar, Chilean sea bass, eel, farmed salmon, imported bassa. Isn't that like out of Vietnam or something, I think? Yeah, there was, we went to... A- oh, often labeled catfish yeah we went to a restaurant and they said fried catfish and Janice said this ain't catfish and they said no it's bassa and i said yeah it's where's awful. it from they said the mekong delta of vietnam and we have never gone back to that place because janet didn't like bassa yeah. imported farmed shrimp imported king crab orange ruffy shark atlantic bluefin tuna and swordfish well, because they generally have more time to bioaccumulate, so eat 
eat young, healthy fish. And uh, instead, you might try eating things like wild-caught Alaskan salmon, Pacific mm-hmm. sardines. Ugh, cats love those. So, so does do my I. husband. Mm-hmm. Atlantic mackerel, albacore tuna, tu- tuna, 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 <laughs> Tro- yeah. troll or polecat, <laughs> and sablefish, black cod from Alaska and the Canadian Pacific. Isn't that scary? So a lot of these fishes they're serving you in restaurants um, yeah. don't even come come very close. Well, uh, I mean, you you know, you can't overstress about it too. You cannot do it perfectly. And the people that are more stressed about doing it perfectly, they stress themselves into a lesser degree of health than they could have. So don't let stress, you know, get to you either. Um, and I do want to make sure we'll go back to this. I want to make sure we address um, the questions that we had here. I know you've gotten some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly asked a question about oatmeal. She heard it was not a good food choice. And since we're talking about food choices, she's looking for an alternative breakfast choice. She enjoys eggs and hopefully you're eating the yolks after what Dr. Lewis said, but uh, <laughs> would like a little variety. So can you give her something else to eat? You know, and we've been told that's one of the myths. All sugar is bad. So I guess people are staying away from um, fruits in the morning. So yeah. can you maybe offer some alternatives for breakfast? Well, and, and I told this sweet lady that, you know, I still eat oatmeal when we're out somewhere, you know, like at a seminar and you're at a big hotel. It's like, well, OK, you, you spice it up a little bit. I wouldn't do oatmeal every day. I'm just not a big fan of grain, and I don't eat perfectly. I don't try to eat perfectly. I try to eat better than normal. So I like bacon and eggs, and I know the nitrates and nitrites in uh, bacon is not good, but we generally try to get the more organic type if you can. Um, Eggs are great. I'm not a big fan of... uh, Anything made of wheat, and I still will do it some, but we have supplements that will offset the damage they'll do. So um, oatmeal's okay, but throw in some good stuff like walnuts and maybe raisins. Cool. Okay, and uh, if you guys are wondering how we're coming up with these questions, you can always um, add yourself in on Dr. Lewis's group, Shooting Straight with Dr. Lewis on Facebook. He will accept your request, and you can ask questions there and as you can tell, they will turn out on our show. Um, also, we are suggesting that you not guess at what's going on with your health, but that you consider doing lab work because many of these things that we're talking about on here, we're able to see on lab whether or not you're doing a great job or bad. You know, the cholesterol, the the fish oil we talk about, all that kind of stuff. We very much suggest doing uh, the comprehensive lab panel that's available on our website as well. So go there to greenwisdomhealth.com and fill out the health survey. And that way we're not guessing at what's happening with you here. And Tony actually had a question about... Um, tonsils. So we enjoy this as a different kind of question. She would like to hear about why we need them. Her daughter has a lot of strep throat and sore throats and is talking about getting her tonsils out. That's what they want to do in it. They want to remove things whenever they can't uh, find an answer for it. And she keeps telling her they're one of our first defenses against infection. Very smart. And they're doing their job, but she needs some additional ammo. So what can you give her? Yeah, that's, uh, I've talked to Tawny several times before, so 
Um, what should you do? I, I think God put them in there for a reason, and I had trouble with it And when I was a kid. And I finally got them out when I was 19, and the doctor says they were bigger, longer, bled worse than any set of tonsils I've ever had. And over the years, I've had many dozens of my patients said, well, that sucker told me the same thing. So he kind of played it up. I wish I had them back because uh, after that, I started, started getting the infection down in my bronchi and in my lungs. You know, the best thing you can do is go back to probiotics. And there are probiotics. We have several different types that can go into uh, helping the nose, throat, and ears uh, to, to some degree. What I do, and we've had pretty incredible results with, is I'm going back to the streptococcus thing that I talked about earlier. There's a streptococcus salvarius. It's a K12, you know, they've got, you know, it's a specialized cousin. And people say, well, I have strep throat. And it's like, well, this is a good strep. And you just put the lozenge or the little tablet in your mouth and just leave it there and it will slowly dissolve. What's it called? Sorry, I missed the name of it. Well, it's called ENT probiotic. Uh, Janet's making sure I don't go off too much on a rabbit trail, but... We've had some incredible results with that, and that could help your body uh, clean up and uh, rebuild the tonsils. And then there's things you can do physically, too. Any good massage therapist or chiropractor or uh, physical therapist know how to milk those glands. But sometimes you just can't get the seed to, to, to grow. I mean, it goes back to the thing into the Bible says, well, you throw it, and some of the times the seeds go into the rocks and the briars and get devoured by the ravens, and sometimes it hits fertile soil. So you just plant the seed and hope it hits fertile soil. But ENT probiotic is the cat's meow for any kind of throat slash tonsil problem. Yeah, they've, we've had it literally within 30 minutes. You can notice a difference with a sore throat on people. Yeah. But, um I'm going to let Dr. Lewis wrap it up here. We are coming to the end of our show. I can't believe it. And we still had so many myths. I guess we'll have to get to on the next show. Um, but do you, would you like to tell people anything at the end here? Well, I think it's always good to be um, inspired. And sometimes my patients inspire me, like Big John. He's come here before, just showed up. And it's like, oh, my God, I felt uplifted like Somebody just really brightened my day. Big John kind of has that good energy. And he said, uh, we talked about probiotics, and he says uh, he has some raspberry and ginger kombucha with my name on it. Uh, my place or yours, John? And uh, is that before or after the bourbon? <laughs> you know, I want to know that. So, you know, life is what you make it. There's no scientific answer for success. You can't really define it, but you simply have to live it and do it. Faith without works is dead so it's the action step you're in the driver's seat and you can point your life in any direction and make it good so the future always belongs to the people that believe in the beauty of your dream ah, i like that and with that being said that's a wrap for this week's show and please uh, shoot us any questions that you have anything you would like us to talk about we love uh, getting your ideas for podcasts it really helps keep us inspired as well and uh, we're here because of you so you guys have a very blessed week and we'll be here next time once again our show has come to an end but your hope and your health is only beginning 
If you or a loved one are in need of a different outcome and are waiting for a brighter future, take the first step and go to our website and fill out the health survey. Please don't keep us a secret. If you know someone that could benefit from this podcast, please share this show with your friends and family. You're only one step away from a life worth living.